Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Gregory Ajid, and uh, we'd like to welcome you all to The Working Artist Project. And if you guys would help me, welcome the wonderful Mr. Darian. Douglas. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. <laughs> How you doing this Monday? Man, I am good. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to just leave it right there. I'm really good, man. I've been listening to uh, theoretical physicists talk about uh, mind-bending stuff all day, so I'm on a vibe right now, man. You know mind-bending things. All right. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> How to make a right? million dollars in jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said that shit was impossible. Just do something else. That's how you make a million dollars in jazz. But well, that's actually there's a joke from uh, the, the the joke is how do you make a million dollars in jazz? You start with two. Exactly, you uh, start with two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sorry, we're, we're going to hold another tangent here. But Darian, we got our, our our camp coming up next week. We got a brand new camp coming up. Sanaa Music Workshop. This is our fifth. I really like to call it our sixth year, but technically, technically, it's our sixth year. But on paper, it's our fifth year, and so we're really excited about it. Um, because of uh, because of the virus and all that, we're going to do it online for the second year in a row. And uh, yeah, so if you if you want to check it out, you can check it out um, on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook Live every day, the fourteenth of June through the twenty fifth of June. No weekend, so that's yeah, right. So even, even though the the registration is closed and the camp is fully booked, you are still able to access the classes via Facebook Live and in those, those those live streaming services you were mentioning. And you know, shout out to uh, the Bornstein family, the Jazz and Heritage Foundation. Who else? EPNO, EPNO, uh, and all the other good folks in the universe who uh, helped us raise money to make this camp one hundred percent free for all of our students. And I think this year we have twenty. 620-something kids, somewhere around there, kids. Uh, from all in. over the world. From all over. We're, we are an international jazz camp. We did and it. so if you want to continue to support uh, Second Line Arts Collective, you can dig us at secondlinearts.org and sign up for our newsletter. You know what I mean? Check, check us out. Greg every week sends a love letter to uh, all of from, our supporters. So check it out. From Greg and Darian. <laughs> <laughs> But tonight, tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, we have, um, man, uh, one of the most in-demand drummers, band leaders, entrepreneurs, and uh, I would say ambassadors of the city of New Orleans. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to welcome him here, uh, Mr. Derek Freeman. Y'all give it up for Derek. Where you at, Derek? What's happening, dude? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? How y'all doing? I'm good, Where man. Where all those people come from? Oh, oh man, they they in the box, man. Right. They in the box, man. Don't don't ask too many questions, man. <laughs> hey, Derek, man. You know, I I was thinking today of of just some things I wanted to talk to you about, and I think the one thing that resonates with me is that you're 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 a lot of things, but you're a cultural cultural bearer of New Orleans. You know what I mean? And I kind of want to talk about what that actually means to you, and and how you kind of go about spreading the good word through your music. 
Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, trying to just spread the love and um, uh, keep the culture going. Be mindful of um of all the generations and how um the music affects them and and directs them. Um, so I was being mindful of that. It's just paying attention to what the kids are doing, but also pay attention to what my elders are doing and kind of just try to um, bridge the gap. Being, I feel like I'm in the middle of both um, <laughs> archetypes. So I feel very bonded, I guess. So it's a more of a, um, it's a bonding, you know, just having everybody be together. Um, not necessarily like a Pollyanna situation, but like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey man, we not we not gonna knock out poly uh, polyamorous folks out there, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, no, I mean, no. I'm, I'm, I, I love those people. I'm just not one of them. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I'm working. On I hear it, you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you know, one thing I noticed in Greg, I, I, I'm sure you did too, is uh, during the pandemic, you you were very active on multiple fronts in the community, not only musically, but also like getting people tested for COVID and getting people out to vote. You, you're, you're like, you're really yeah. out in the community, which is, which is, I think it's kind of rare for a musician. So like what, what, what motivates uh, you to, to, to me? To it came that? down to, to me, it came down to, to, to value. Cause I'm, I mean, it's, it's easy for people to value us when we're entertaining them, you know? Um, but when all that went away, I feel like, I feel like some of the people in the city, um, forgot about how valuable we are to the city. So I figured we, there was different ways we could show them through community organizing and, uh, you know, keeping people healthy and keeping people um, aware of civics and civility. Um, hmm. it, 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 yeah, that's, that's all it's about to me. It was just about, it was just about showing worth just so um, it was easy for them to dismiss us when they weren't being entertained by us. So I was trying to make sure musicians stayed present and relevant relevant and um you know with the time so so also like now like when stuff was coming back i want to make sure we at least had a bigger seat at the table or at least where somebody was in the room you know so i feel like we've gotten more inroads into that like as far as the, the city leaders i mean if anybody's even leading but you know that's a different <laughs> subject but yeah, to, to me, it was just about relevancy and and about and about worth value. And, and I, I love again, you know, I think musicians we we walk a very interesting place in society because again, like we're kind of like that connection between the people who are running the show and the people who are making it happen. You know, as, as artists, we get to kind of flow freely between all the different worlds. And and I, I love hearing that, you know you taking on that responsibility and being proactive and creating those opportunities for the community and, um, and, you know, also inspiring other people to lead and, and, and take the, you know, move all of us in a certain direction. Um, so coming out of the, uh, the, the, the pandemic, the COVID is kind of wrapping up here in new Orleans. And I was wondering, um, you know, you, you were one of the first cats out on the scene playing at Tipitina's and, and getting soul brass band out there. And so I was mm -hmm. wondering if you would be able to tell us a little bit about what, musicians uh what, what's the current state of of the musician's life here in new orleans getting back uh to things it's weird man because we we <laughs> everybody was, <laughs> was so down you know and then <laughs> and then uh, 
we started working a little bit, which was which was fulfilling, but it was also dangerous, you know, because it's just COVID was just everywhere. And, you know, we're we're trying to protect ourselves and play gigs outside and whatnot, but it, it was still walking a thin line, you know. It was, I mean, cats wanted to keep playing, but I definitely felt you know, I felt a little irresponsible at times when it came to that. But you know, it was just at some point we had to eat. <laughs> um, but then it like went from zero to a thousand real fast. And now I'm like having trouble so you, keeping up. Like I've been like. So you like you know, fully booked these days um, again. <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. Um, and I kind of don't want to be like, I, I kind of like to get the hell out of here at some point, but you know, <laughs> I, I guess I'm not going to turn down any gigs, but I, I it's, well, that, that's not true. Actually, I have turned down a lot of gigs, honestly. Um, out of state or whatnot, just because, you know, it's just, it's just a different time now. So it's just not, just, it, it's not the time to just start, just do things, just, just to go through the motions and do things you don't want to do. So I'm just being very more selective about the things we're going to do, especially out of town. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I, you know, I think a lot of musicians around the country, you know, I'm, I'm up here in New York. And so cats are on the same energy, on the same vibe as you saying, you know, we worked so hard for so little reward that, you know, we had that long break. And right. Everybody had time to, time to think and be like, man, do I want to go over there for like, you know, X amount of hours and get paid this amount money? So, so like what, what things are you doing to kind of like fill in those gaps so you don't have to continuously take those those smaller opportunities and, and waiting for the bigger ones? Me, I'm just trying to push push the licenses, you know, make sure like <laughs> the music is making money for me. And and um, I'm blessed to have, to be versatile as an artist. So, you know, I, I have some voiceover jobs and I'm, I'm trying to get some acting jobs. So I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know, diversify, just be versatile so I don't have to um, do that. I mean, it's been a while, you guys know, since I've, gotten on the bus or the van anyway. <laughs> I can stop doing it. I mean, you know, y'all, yeah, I mean, y'all see me out other places, but I, you know, it's it's a different setup. We go and then, you know, we hit at a place for a while and then we go to another place and hit for a while. Like the the, the van uh tour bus thing. I'm not I've been stopped doing that a while ago. So I I'd already stopped eating that cheese <laughs> before COVID. <laughs> but now there's a whole bunch of now there's a whole bunch of other cheese I'm still I'm not eating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I mean, there's just too many medium, you know, there's just too many mediums out here. Like, you know, you guys find your voice through through this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Greg was saying earlier, like musicians, we have so much power and uh, so many abilities that that people we don't get to just we don't get to display because people have no idea what we do. They just think we're sitting around sitting around getting high waiting for their three hundred dollar gig. <laughs> you know, I did like the 15 other things you did today. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, th- I think we're all versatile and, and, and diverse in that. So we got to, we got to display some of that um, forcefully, which, which, which I think benefited a lot of us, honestly. Man, I was wondering if, since we're on that topic, if you could kind of dig into um, some of the things that you have going on in your, in your life, um, in addition to being a drummer and a musician, you know, uh, if you could dig into all the many hats that you wear. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't even know. Uh, so fried. Um, well, you know, um, making records. Uh, I mean, I I I kind of quietly started a label with some friends of mine. So I'm trying to um sign some people, um, and do a few uh, records, producing their records, and um, I got a new record coming out, a new solo record because I haven't done a solo record in like seven years. Um, with all the cats on it. Um, we've been working on that for the last few months. Um, and then also I'm working on a music video for one of those songs. And um, again, I'm just, I'm actively auditioning for whatever TV shows and stuff. Um, I booked a few things. I booked like a voiceover gig and I had a modeling job, which is hilarious <clears throat> at this age. It's still happening. Um, Man, you're one but, of the best yeah. looking guys out here on the scene. <laughs> but you know, um, we're trying to again just diversify, like like Wu Tang said, diversify your bonds, you know what I'm saying? Use <laughs> utilize all your skills. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Well, for a lot of us, it's you know, I'm just saying it's easy. Wu Tang financial. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, for a lot of us, it's easiest for us to hide behind our instruments, you know what I'm saying? But I think we have so many gifts, and there was you're afraid to share it with people because of the, the scrutiny that we have to deal with. So I think we just everybody should just be open to the gifts that they possess and just share them more, you know, and, and just and, and tap into them. You know what I'm saying? Don't, 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 don't closet it yourself as an artist. It, 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 you know, it'll, it'll just benefit you in the end. Like it just had give me more choice, choices, more freedom, you know, to be myself and not have to, you know, get on the bus. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's funny because, you know, as you're growing up and trying to be a musician, at least for me. You know, the, the you dream of touring. And, and I even know some young cats up here who haven't toured yet. And they just like, I just want to tour, man. Right. And, and, and I, I remember when I realized that it was kind of like a zero sum game. I, I played a, a festival, like a jazz festival to everybody. Like as you're growing up, you're just like, oh, man, I really want to play that festival. Mm-hmm. And then I got there and I played and I was like, oh, is this it? This, this is all. Yeah. This is like there's no. I, I can. I'm good. I, you, it's a weird feeling to not feel like you accomplished something. It's just another stage. Yeah. You know, not I mean, to you know, sound. we all, but no, I mean, no, you don't, we all been blessed to play on some, in some great stages. So it's not, it's not about that. I mean, you, it is fulfilling when you get to, you know, you play at a Playboy Jazz Festival or you play at a Red Rock. So you play, you know, yeah, you do feel, you know, the connection is to play a Blue Note or something. It's not like, it's not like it doesn't affect you or you're not, you know, honored by it. But, but, it becomes the grind after a while, and 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 a lot of times you live in somebody else's dream. You know, we get trapped in that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's okay to be a side man. It's okay to help out your brothers and your sisters, but you know, at some point, you know, you you gotta you gotta focus on on you. You know what I'm saying? And, and that being said, I mean, I know some people that are completely content being those people. You know what I'm saying? And God bless those people because we all need them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I just couldn't be in that box. I was in that box for a long time. And it was it was affecting me artistically and mentally, you know. Yeah, it's a big choice to <laughs> to get out there yeah. uh, and, and kind of like um start doing your own solo thing. So um in terms of your solo projects, I, I know you, you run Soul Brass Band. I was wondering if you would be able to talk about the the origins of the band, because y'all have been playing all over the world over the last couple of years, putting out some records. And right. y'all are one of the most working brass bands in New Orleans. And and uh love to hear about how how that all started. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I mean it's 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 been written the story, but I mean it's the band started started completely by accident. Again, wearing other hats. So the um, 
CeeLo Green, you know, the rapper from the Goody Mob, he was uh, he was doing a, a music video in New Orleans and he wanted to have a jazz funeral scene in the in the video. I know I don't know why it has nothing to do with the song, but you know, that's just what he wanted. So the director was a guy from LA who had never been to New Orleans. So they hired me as a consultant to tell, you know, to, to teach them how to film a second line scene, basically. So we get to talking about all the different elements of the scene and the horse and carriage and the band and all this other stuff. And um, then he starts asking me about the band. He's like, well, what's up with the band? I'm like, yeah, we got, you know, we got to get a band. He's like, you, you don't have a brass band? I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, he's like, but we can put a band together. I mean, we don't have to really play. He's like, you can put a band together for the video. I'm like, yeah, of course. You know? So he's like, well, <laughs> he's like, well, what's the name of the band? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> so the the, the, the CeeLo Green song was called Music for My Soul, right? And and every word that he rhymed, every stanza he rhymed with the word soul. And I was just thinking aesthetically, like that would look cool on like some hats and some parade hats and sashes or whatever. Because it turned out the director was also like a um graphic designer. So he 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 was like really keen on what he wanted to really make all the stuff himself for the costumes. So we really talked about this aesthetically, but it was just an aesthetic thing. I was like, that soul will look cool across somebody's chest, you know? So it was, I can't remember who was in the first video. I think it was me and Kevin Lewis and maybe Taplin and John Gross and maybe Aaron Lambert, um, which could be a band, which would, <laughs> but it wasn't a band at the time. Um, so whatever, we did the music video and then, uh, the guy was so appreciative that he like gave me all the stuff. He's like, man, keep all the hats and the, the bass drum heads and the tambourine heads and the stickers. Like, it just gave me all this like um, uh, sh sh swag, like soul gear that he just like made himself for the video um, just as a thank you gift. He was like, yeah, it's my art, but you can just have all that stuff. Like, all right, cool. Thanks, bro. I was like, yeah, brass band shit. I might need it for something one day, whatever. And then, like, <laughs> two weeks later, um, the same lady producer called me and said that Nike was interested in putting us in a commercial with Anthony Davis. Could I do the fake brass band again for the Anthony Davis commercial? Like, yeah, Nike was like, you know, a lot of money. And so the people, <laughs> the people that directed the video, you know, of course, they didn't know nothing about New Orleans. And they figured, well, if we film this on Royal Street at eight in the morning on a Sunday, nobody will really recognize Anthony Davis and we can get away with it. They don't even want to start going to brunch at 9 a.m. in the French Quarter, right? So I'm out there with Leon Brown and Calvin Johnson and all these people that everybody knows. And, and Anthony Davis is freaking seven feet tall. We're standing in the middle of the French Quarter. And there's a big-ass sign that says Soul Brass Band because he, like, walks past us in the, um, in, in the scene, you know? And then uh, people pulling out their phones and they just start hashtagging Soul Brass Band. And then, like, two days later, my DMs start filling up. Hey, can your brass band play our, our Christmas party? I'm like, I don't have a brass. You know, yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Sure. And our, <laughs> our first actual gig was at Tipitina's. We opened up for Red Barat. Hey, what, what year did all this happen? I think that was 2015. 
Wow. That's a crazy yeah. story, bro. That's that's like a that's that can be made into a movie for TV, bro. Right. You know? like, like, wait, what? <laughs> just, just started a brass band for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just blew up. You know me, but I'm used to having multiple projects. So I wasn't even tripping about it. I'm just like, okay, I have four bands now. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? But then the brass band took off like a freaking rocket ship. It was so crazy. You know, two years later, we were like in Europe for like seven weeks. You know what I mean? See, man, that see that 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 is like preparation plus opportunity equals success one hundred percent of the time, dog. Like, you know, and and like you said, you didn't even you weren't even in the position. You were a consultant. You weren't even right. over there to play. Now you didn't even right. have a brass band, and then you became the most <laughs> famous brass band <laughs> right. of the year. <laughs> but that's but that's killing too. Is like it's it's an important lesson too. When you get offered an opportunity, sometimes you got to say yes and. Then figure it out. You know what? Like, I mean, you know, it's not like I don't know what a consultant does, but also I also don't know what a consultant does. I mean, I, you know, I can tell this guy anything. I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, they're filming the city. They're going to use New Orleans people in the thing. So I want it to look right. So, you know, I, I had a general interest in like helping to do make this shit look right. Right. But yeah, I didn't know it was. That was going to hope springs opportunity, like you said. I know it was going to pop off like that. And again, even when I decided to actually start the band, I just thought it would be like the third band on the, on the hierarchy. <laughs> but I was wrong. I was wrong about that. <laughs> you know. Since we're here, man, let's go ahead and take this opportunity and put our ears on some of y'all's music. And uh, this tune, this one's called Levels. <laughs> Levels. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we were just listening to Derek Freeman, the Soul Brass Band, and the tune called Levers. Derek, would you mind telling us who was on the record? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was Aristio soloing and James Martin soloing, and also Weedy Brema. No, um, I think that was, um, I want to say that was Doyle on tuba. And uh, maybe Miles and Miles and Michael Watson on trombone. No, actually, that was tapping Michael Watson and Leon and Lucio and Danny Abram. Man, it's like the, the cats of the cats <laughs> right. down here in New Orleans. That's all of them. Right. Right there. Oh, man, can you can you talk a little bit about um, New Orleans brass band music and what New Orleans brass band music means to the community? It's, it's, it's funny because the brass band music has actually expanded its reach over the last kind of 10 years. Like, it's always been a lot to, to, to you know, um, six ward, the seven ward, the eight ward, the night ward, <laughs> 17. You know, it's always been a, been a lot to those communities and the way they react to it. But, like, um, there's so many tiers of it now, you know, because it's like it used to just be relegated to the streets. Like even around the world, you know, like the brass bands will be playing in the street outside the festival or, you know, in the train station or like, so it was always like, it was always like a step shout of the gig, not really the gig, you know what I'm saying? But now you see brass bands on like headlining main stage festivals, you know what I mean? So there's like different tiers of it in New Orleans now. Um, you know, everybody, <laughs> people feel a certain way about, um, about it, you know, I'm, Again, I'm I'm lucky because I've, I've kind of dabbled in all four of the different realms of brass band. You know, like got the street brass bands, you know, that come from come from the neighborhoods. And you got your pseudo street brass bands that come out of um, high school and college marching bands. And it's like a different approach. And then you have stage brass bands like us, or you know, or the mainline or soul rebels or. You know what I'm saying? Even Rebirth now to an extent. Dirty Dozen's always been a stage brass band. And then um, now you have brass bands for hire, like a big fun brass band or, or uh, you know, kinfolk brass band or Hacienda brass band. So, uh, it, so all four of those things, it's four different jobs. <laughs> you know, like, well, one, of, one, of them, one of them is for the hood, one of them is for the stage, you know what I'm saying? One of them is for, for the college. One of them is for the, you know, for the Karens. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you know, you choose, you could choose, you know, your level of participation in any one or all four. You know what I'm saying? I choose a dabble in all four. And I felt a certain kind of way about the brass band for higher shit, especially, you know, with the abundance of white brass band players. And I don't, I'm not shitting on them because I, I use a lot of them in my band and I play with them. Um, but But it was just a weird influx of, I'm a lot of these kids in the North Shore who just like grew up um, worshiping that music and they can really play it. You know, Miles Lyons and Corey Bostic, you know, these guys do really play the music. Um, so you now I felt a certain kind of way about like, doing it, like, you know, the frat brother second line or the, you know, but then all of a sudden I would be doing one of those and like Kurt Joseph would be on the gig. <laughs> 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 and, like Roger Lewis would be like, I mean, well, all right, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, you know, everybody, you know, like they told me the Sopranos, nobody has the right to tell you how to earn. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm. Like, we know Terrence Tapley, one of the baddest trombone players in the world. He played on Bourbon Street four nights a week, like by choice. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it's crazy too to like to have watched over the last couple of years just the explosion of like brass band is like yeah, you know, outside of New Orleans, like oh, I feel right. like everywhere Every, I go, man, everywhere. there's always a brass band. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere in the world. Yeah, there's everywhere. like brass bands in New York. There's brass bands in Europe now, and sometimes I can't tell if they're playing New Orleans music or Eastern European music. Yeah, I'm but, really sure if they, if they know the true. difference. It's true, but they can really. <laughs> but like you know, I know man. I'm. Play. I know a lot of cats, particularly cats uh, in Denmark, who I use as subs. I know. I mean, there's cats I use on the road that are European cats. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, like. And, and and also uh, like like the funky dogs I've used some of those dudes they're from Connecticut I, they've some them gigs with me like yeah bro like all over the place everywhere brass bands you know and the people it's good too because because it's it's finally earning the level of respect it should have had for years you know what I'm saying like and it's poor rebirth and new birth and hot eight man them dudes and you know they had to struggle for so many years for us to be at this level you know these uh, early soul rebels and, um, all those bands, like in in the van, you know what I'm saying, getting disrespected, not getting paid for the Europe gigs, you know what I'm saying, treated like, um, not getting no respect from the other musicians, you know what I mean, all that stuff, and the this and also carrying the stigma in New Orleans, you know what I'm saying, we ignorant, we late, blah 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 blah, we disrespectful, all this other shit, you know that's not really true, but you, you, you travel with all that when. You know, when, you, when they put the name New Orleans in front of in front of the the band, it's just it's just something. We, we always got to shout out those cats too, because yeah. you know they lay they they lay the foundation for all of us to have careers. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. They, they did put up with some bullshit that we may never know. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it, it's interesting to me that you brought up gentrification in that way. That even th- even in this music, as it spreads, is subject to gentrification and then also some other influences from other cultures. And I think sometimes <clears throat> it's it's easy for us, like you said, to push back and say, nah, I don't want to mess with that. That's not really a part of the culture. But maybe maybe right. a little bit the culture has expanded and people are accepting it in new cultures. And so to some degree, I think the tricky part is, and you can tell me how you do this, is how you accept new people into the culture, but also uh keep the core of the culture where it needs to be so that it still feels like it comes from the people who, who created it. Again, like, like I was saying when we first started, it's about being that glue, about having your nose to the street and recognizing certain things. You know, like, um, not to put him on blast, but Mark Levron, uh, who's a great, incredible trumpet player and plays most of my gigs now. He's probably like the number one cat, trumpet cat. Um, but you, you know, we play a different breed of music and soul. Like he knows my music in and out, but we were having a conversation about some possible Europe shit. And I was just like rattling off songs. And like, after you've gone, he's like, wait, I don't know that song. I'm like, wait, what? So I'm like, okay, wait a second. All right. All right. All right. Stop. But I got to call Kermit and be like, Kermit, did you know Levron doesn't know after you've gone? What? Man, tell Levron to come over here now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I got you. Yeah. Like, you got to go over there. Like, go, yeah. I don't know what you're doing, but you know, you go over there. And so he went over there. I didn't like, you know, her and O'Reilly was over there too. So I'm like, well, sh- shit, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get a lesson. <laughs> so again, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, now he knows the song, you know? So it's, it's about that. It's about, you know, it's that cast don't want to know, but it's, we, you know, 
some, we all had teachers, you know what I mean? All of us had great teachers. And we, we can't find, I mean, even though, especially me, because I'm, I'm older than you guys, like, you know, we didn't have Google and all that shit, you know, when I was in college or in high school. So I had to like, you have to seek the knowledge out. So I think part of that is missing from people sometimes, you know, like that young drummer, again, I just brought up Herlin. That young drummer asking me something about Herlin and I was like, you act like Herlin's dead. I'm like, you want his number? <laughs> like, what you need to do is twist up one and get a bottle and then go over there and knock on the man's door. He's like, that's going to work. I'm like, if you knock on my door, you want to twisted in the bottle, I'm going to let you in <laughs> and answer your question. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, how did you learn that beat from Shannon Powell? I'm like, I went to Shannon Powell's house, man, yeah. a bunch of times. He fed me and he cursed me out. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he ever actually showed me how to play the drum groove, but I learned how to do it somehow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the interesting thing about New Orleans is like right. there's just so much nuance to what it means to be from New Orleans and play like you're from New Orleans. It has nothing to do with music, right? Like little, literally, like very little to do with music. Actually, that's true. The beautiful thing about drums, especially in New Orleans, you know, Greg, you, you can go take a break. This between us now is like pe <laughs> people like, you know, I'm, I'm not from New Orleans, but I lived there for several years and and I was trying to learn y'all's music. And I remember one time hurling. He was I was sad, fucking some shit up. And he just he see me play. He'd be like, hey, man, you got to learn the culture. And then, you know, yeah. I, it took me a while. I couldn't. I'm like, what is he saying, man? And I go to his gig and I'm like, can you show me that? He's like, you got to learn the culture. And right. <laughs> like, I'm like, damn, he keeps telling no. me this months, months after, right? Months after month. I right. take, I take a lesson with Hurling, you know, you got to learn. And I go to Shannon, uh -huh. I go to Shannon house. Can you show me that tambourine thing? You got to learn the culture. I'm like, well, what is this culture thing they talking about? You know, so you, in New Orleans, you got to really get inside the people to understand, yeah. to understand the music. And I, I think that it's the only place in America like that. Like it may be Mississippi with the blues where I'm from, but yeah. everywhere else you yeah, go to college yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, Hey man, you learn this scale and you read this paper and bam, right, right. you're a doctorate in music. You're a professional. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, but no, but, but even in college, even in college, like I would say 90% of the conversations I had with Ellis had nothing to do with music. It was about boxing or baseball or like, you know, physics or like, you know, it, he, is, you know, like, you, you got to go do your job no matter what. So I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, they got other, Ed Peterson is here for that. Ed Peterson is the one who's like, these are the scales. And, you know, Steve Mazikowski's like, core changes. Ellis is like, yo, did you see the Mike Tyson fight? <laughs> 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 you like, you know, he reminds me of Hank Mobley. You know, his style, his movements. I'm like, what? <laughs> huh? You know what I mean? But then, and then when you, like, you you play for Ellis and you miss one change, Ellis will be like, yo, that's you don't know the changes, man. And do you know the yeah. lyrics? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's just different. Even on the collegiate level, New Orleans was different. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a different vibe. And, you know, and stuff, and the stuff I learned from in the Tremaine neighborhood, it's not, I mean, it was curriculum, but it's not, you can't, there's no syllabus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just up in it. But like, it was just a great time. And like, I was around a lot of legends and didn't realize it because I was literally a kid. 
17, 18, 19, 20 years old, like around like legends, people who had played on like people who had made rock and roll history and played some of the classic records of all time. I was just doing gigs with them at like little people's place and Donna's, and, you know what I mean? Like these old men, you know, then like later in life, looking at a documentary of somebody and be like, oh, the great Lori Lambert. I'm like, Lori Lambert, I played with him. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, you did? I'm like, yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Or, like, you know, gigs with Walter Payton or gigs with, you know, Ellis or Harold Batty. You know, I'm like, you take it for granted back then. But like, so I just look yeah, just- come up at a time where like a lot, of, a lot of the cats were still alive and still playing, you know? So I had like literally a direct connection. Like I, like I played gigs with Danny Barker. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was just like, I was just got very lucky at the time I came. I saw Neil Kane was on his feet. So Neil knows what I'm talking about. We came around the same time. He, so he's, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's like the connection to the old people that people our age have, luckily. You know what I'm saying? But we're still young enough, like I said, to connect to the generations, you know, below us. You know, because I'm, you know, I'm still a, a child of hip hop and, you know, like everybody else. So it's not like I don't know what's going on, but it just came at a blessed time. The Treme neighborhood was the, the Google of 15 years ago. If you want to learn about music, you got to go to right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, no, there are no YouTube videos to show you the second line. Have you seen those, by the way? It's hilarious. I know you've seen them, Darian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second line videos? Yeah. <laughs> White cat, like, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you to gotta watch the, the gum. It's got a lot of hits, too. That's the same part. Videos on that. <laughs> yeah i I, I guess you know man so 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 you've had the great fortune of being mentored by by some of the the greatest you know the greatest talents and minds of new orleans and uh i was wondering uh man who who were some of the cats you studied with uh down here and who should cats who want to learn about new orleans who should who should they be checking out well, obviously, Shannon and Harlan, the, the two guys that Darren and I both just mentioned. Uh, and But both of those dudes are very present on the scene and very approachable. Um, and they've gotten way, you know, they've gotten softer in their old age. They used to be kind of like, <laughs> especially Shannon. They used to be <laughs> a little harder than they are now. They seem like sweet older men now. So you should take advantage of hanging out with them cats. Um, you, you, I, so I you remember, it's not just, it's not just me, man. I feel like I remember everyone being like much more intense <laughs> when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was no, no, definitely, definitely, a hundred percent. They all got soft. Uh, like you know, I, I studied with Johnny Beach. I studied I had some classical teachers. I studied with this guy named Lee Beach, who's a great classical percussionist. And I studied with Johnny V early on. I studied with David Lee, the great David Lee. Um, I was lucky enough to study with him. Um, and uh, Leon Anderson, of course. Leon was my vibes teacher actually at UNO, and then. Um, I think my last teacher was, um, oh, I can't remember that cat's name, but he also played with Ellis, one of the other dudes that came from Florida. But whatever. I had some great teachers. Yeah, man. Look, man, let's listen to another one, man. This one is, uh, again, we're we talking to Derek, Derek Freeman from Soul Brass Band, and this is one called How Far We Come.
Yeah, bro. See that that one right there showed y'all crossover ability right there. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying. I love that song. 
<laughs> Man, it's just so it's just so killing because I feel like again, like the brass band, you know, is like a vehicle for so many different styles of music that just encompasses encompasses everything. From like you were saying earlier, man, after you've gone to you know Pharrell or whatever it is, right. you know, it's everything. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so what are some so, so soul brass band? What do you, y'all have anything coming up in the horizon next couple months to look out? Yeah, for? Yeah, we're working on a Colorado run in August. Um, uh, like second half of August, I think I'm um, working on that and maybe California in, um, uh, September and then of course, October, everything, we all, we're all going to die. Like how many festivals are we Like what's going on? Like, <laughs> all Man, right. They got festivals throughout the week. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay. I like fried chicken festivals. I was like, it's like it's the, it's the same time as jazz. I'm so confused. I'm like, I'm, are there six weekends in October? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. How is all this happening at the same time? I'm so confused. But whatever. I, I think they're even, they're doing Jazz Fest 2019 and 2020 in like three weekends, and then like I think they're moving festivals out to Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know when we're going back to Europe. I mean, I guess not. Maybe not to next summer, but there's um. There was this festival that I was actually helping to produce in the Netherlands. Um, Cause I was there and like right before the shutdown, I think I got back March 7th, 2020 from Amsterdam. So I was over there working on a festival that we were gonna have a bunch of New Orleans cats and a bunch of other cats come in July last year. But of course that didn't happen. So that festival was happening in 2022, but we have to go do like some promotional stuff for it at some point. Like, so we may be going over there sometime in the fall just to like, not actually the tour, but just that like uh, films or videos. Um, but whatever. Um, but I'm not right. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing some touring in the States because we actually haven't done that much of that, which is crazy. Like, we've been all over the world, but we've never played in Colorado or California, actually. We were, I mean, we were, we were supposed to in 2020, but you know. Right. The, the world ended, but here we are, man. Things are opening back up. <laughs> exactly. But dig it, man. We coming to the end. And before we go, I definitely want to give you an opportunity to uh, tell everybody where to buy that, that record we just heard, everything else you got, how to find out where y'all going to be, how to get your social security number, you know, everything, all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. It's always going to make your credit worse. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's, it's for us, it's so brass, man, across all platforms. That record you can get all over the place on um, Amazon. You know, iTunes, all the things. I mean, you can stream it if you want, but it'd be awesome if you bought it. Um, you could also buy physical LPs from from me from my website. Um, they'll mail them to you, um, along with all that Soul Brass Band merch. So yeah, it's just uh, Soul Brass Band, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pornhub, all of them. Oh, so yeah, okay. you just catch us. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, y'all go check it out. So, so all you gotta do is Google uh, Google Derek Freeman. <laughs> And uh, Soul Brass Band and everything yeah. about his life will come right up so you can buy all his merchandise. Yeah, it all pops up. Thank God. I, I used to not. I mean, I was like, who are all these other Derek Freemans? But I don't know. I guess somebody, I guess they all died. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad, I'm glad, um, I was glad to talk to you guys and actually have like a night off to actually do something else. <laughs> so that was, it was fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you so much for making the time to, to hang with us tonight. And 
man you're, you're the man dude thank you so much Derek appreciate you man alright y'all This my name is Darian Douglas and now uh, my name is Gregory Ajit it's the Working Artist Project we'll catch y'all later peace